the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. An easy yoke and a light burden. Looking for rest for the soul it is found in Christ, the one who is calling you to come to Him. Welcome to Way of Grace with Pastor Jessica Stan from Grace Bible Church in Hayward. What a fitting message to bring this time of year. Just before the holidays, right before Christmas, the stress can be overwhelming. And rest for the soul is what we desperately need. His easy yoke and light burden are on the table for discussion today as we take a look at the ones who are coming after being called by Christ and the rest that he promises when we do come to him. Here's Pastor Jessica Stand with more on today's broadcast of Way of Grace. In verse 27, our Lord Jesus Christ said, All things are delivered unto me of my Father, and no man knows the Son but the Father. Neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will what? That means revelation is a consequence of the sovereign will of the Father corresponding with the Son, so that the only way you know the Father is through the Son, and the only way you know the Son is through the Father. They determine whether or not men and women come to know them in a saving way. And upon that mystery of the success of the preaching of the gospel, you know what Christ is saying? All that the Father gives me shall come to me. And he that cometh unto me, I will in no wise cast out. This is the will of him that sent me, that all that seeth the Son and believeth on him will have eternal life and shall never perish. Therefore, Christ preaches and I preach the gospel, knowing that God has a people who will hear the message of redemption, bow the knee, confess that they are babes, confess that they are sinners, Wretched sinners, hell-bound sinners, toe-up sinners, from the flow-up sinners, troubled sinners, needy sinners, broke sinners, sinners for whom only a Savior like this can do something for them. I've got three points then that I want to lay down. And look, watch this. No one else is coming to Jesus. You've never come to Jesus proud. You've never come to Jesus self-sufficient. You've never come to Jesus with your head high. God resists all such people. The only ones that are coming are needy sinners. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Needy sinners. Point number one then in our outline. Let's get to work. Let me press into this. As Mr. Stott said, this is the greatest invitation of all time, but it has an RSVP on it. Point number one, I want to call your attention to something that's critically important as we deal with verse 28, part A. Come unto me. There are two parts we're going to deal with. The benefits of coming to Christ, who is the source of the benefit of coming, which is rest. I want to talk about that. 
Christ says, come unto me because I'm the source of rest. You ain't getting no rest till you come to me. I want to talk about that. But the subsequent, subsequent imperative is there, right? Take up my yoke. For in taking up my yoke, you find that rest. Now I'm going to talk about that next week. Under point number one, let's ask the question. Who is this one calling you to come? Is that a good question or not? Who is this one calling you to come? Who is this individual calling you? Because now we can refuse a lot of people calling. I do. People call on me all the time. I never respond. I'm just letting y'all know now, okay? When I look and see who it is, no, 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 no. I, some people, they don't even have enough clout for me to let them know I can't come. I just don't respond. Now, y'all hearing me? Especially folk who like to call me on a private number where you can't even know who it is that called you. Now, who do you think you are? You're going to call me, and all I'm going to see on there is, what, what's the word? Unknown. Well, you're about to remain unknown with me. Right? Watch this. Because even God doesn't call on sinners without giving them his calling card. Paul said, who are you, Lord? He said, my name is Jesus, whom you are persecuting. You want me to call you back? You better let me know your name. But the one that's calling you to rest, in keeping with the metaphor we're going to unpack more fully next week, is the ox of God. The ox of God who has been treading out the corn of grace from the beginning of time and calling men and women from every generation, from Adam to now, to enter into his field and rest. See, the man who is talking to you about taking up a yoke knows about this yoke. And he's been the man from the beginning of time helping men and women overcome the burdens of their life. Can I talk about him for a moment? He's the ox of God from the beginning of time. We learned about this ox in Ezekiel 110, right along with Revelation chapter 4, but pull Ezekiel 110 up. We learned about this ox when we discovered that Jesus has a fourfold ministry. How many of you guys are tracking with me? The fourfold ministry of Christ, right? The four living creatures, right? One like an eagle, one like the face of an ox, one like the face of a man, right? Uh, uh, and we see here in verse 10 of chapter 1, as for the likeness of their faces, they all had the faces of a man, the face of a lion, and then the face of an ox, and then the face of a what? An ego. Now we talked about the ox because the ox, the ox is that domestic creature who possesses all kinds of power, whose job it is to be what we call the quintessential servant. Capture this with me. Is Jesus a servant? Because we have the father-son paradigm, then the what? King-servant paradigm. Is Jesus the servant of Yahweh? Has Jesus been serving Yahweh from the beginning of time? Lo, I come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do thy will, O God. May I say this? Every time God does something for people, he does it through Jesus. Christ is the one that plods and trods and breaks up the follow ground of God's providence and makes a way for men and women to follow God, feed on God, and know God in a saving way. Jesus is God's ox 
Jesus is God's ox. And in keeping with the metaphor of the ox, I told you that we are dealing with a paradoxical overture in the command, are we not? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you what? Right, the laborer and the rest. That's a paradox. But in order to have that rest, guess what you got to do? You got to take up a yoke. That's a paradox. You got to labor for rest. Now, there was a man from eternity sent by God, and he came in the volume of the book in pictures, in parables, in types, in prophecies, and promises. And we got him, don't we? Don't we see him? Don't we see him treading out the corn, treading out the corn, breaking up the fallow ground, and in fact, putting in the corn, and the corn he put in is himself, and calling sinners to himself. Anybody with me right now? His name is Jesus. Behold my servant, of whom I uphold, and whom I delight. He will bring forth judgment to the Gentiles. That's Christ Jesus from the beginning of time. You know, when you find the God that we have in the Bible, like we have, and we discover how much he labors for us, whenever he tells you to do something for him, don't you dare hesitate. For he has labored in your behalf in ways that you could never imagine so that whenever he tells you and I to do anything, you and I have not even done one-tenth of a part of what he did for us and we didn't even ask him to do it. We didn't even ask him to do it. Here the ox of God treads out the corn for the people of God. Deuteronomy gives us the paradigm. It's Deuteronomy 25 Verse 10, look at it in Deuteronomy. He lays out the paradigm for us in Deuteronomy 25, 4, rather. Here's the principle. And get this, ladies and gentlemen. The goal, the, the chief metaphor or analogy of the ox is that he's strong, but he's easily tamed, domesticated, powerful, and can actually produce for its owner in ways the owner can't. We're in Deuteronomy 25, 4. And what does the scripture say? Muzzle not the what? Which treads out the corn. And didn't we learn in 1 Corinthians 9 and 1 Timothy 5, 18 that the ox represents the preaching of the gospel? That the ministers of the gospel are like oxen who tread out the corn and therefore they ought to be able to be first partakers of the benefits of it? Well, the ultimate preacher, the ultimate minister is who? Jesus Christ. Now let me show you a truth by way of, uh, again, typology that helps you appreciate the fact that Christ has been the one laboring to make a way for us from the beginning of time. Would you agree with that proposition? Is he the way, the truth, and the life? Has he always been the way, the truth, and the life? Has Jesus been the means by which anyone at any time made it to God from the fall of Adam to this very hour? And if somebody's going to be saved today, will it not be because he tread out the corn of grace and redemption and laid it at the mouth of hell-bound sinners and told them to freely eat so that they might find rest to their... Do you agree with that? Yes. Now watch this. This is an amazing thing. I now am going to the book of Exodus for one more concept. In the book of Exodus, it lays out for us under our second point, the work that he accomplished. So we have the ox of God from the beginning of time. He's the one that's calling all these people, come unto me. This is God's ox. Come unto me. Because this ox has tread 
from the days that Israel was called out by Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, up to this very moment, this ox has labored to bring them into the promised land. He's labored to show them his glory in all the types and patterns and pictures. And he's about to labor one more time for them to actually enter into the rest he's promising them. Now the Bible tells us that the ox, in the case of Jesus, ends up being slaughtered. Here's the man that's doing everything for us by which we could have a right relationship with God. And y'all know what? We end up killing him. Yeah. Isn't that the Bible's thing? Yeah. Now here's what the text says. Follow me now. If the ox shall push through a manservant or a maidservant. You know what that means? That means if the owner carelessly lets the ox out of the, 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 the stall. Or some foolish servant, male or female, is in the stall. And they, they doing what they do. And the ox looks at them and says, ooh, and rushes through and rams them through with their horns and kills them. Well, that ox is mischievous. Are y'all hear, hearing me? You, you got to be careful about horses. You got to be careful about mules. You got to be careful about pigs. They'll rend you. How many of y'all, I'm, I'm, I'm getting country right now. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? See, most of the people in the room didn't even raise their head. You got to be worried about a lot of animals because they got character. And they really trying to pay you back for locking them up. <laughs> Stay with me now. I'm just, I, I'm, we getting ready to turn the corner. So this domesticated ox that you think is so calm and cool that he won't hurt you. When you get in the wrong way and he look around, he say, okay, I think I can get him and take him out. You got animals like that. Growing up in Texas, my, uh, my uncle had several horses. I don't know why this black horse, it was female, always used to chase me every time I went out into the field. Now, I like riding her colt, but I guess she didn't like that. I'm riding her coat and she comes running up on me, nipping me, nipping me, nipping me, telling me to get off. You can't ride. I go, Uncle Jesse, what's that all about? I don't know, man. You know how women are. <laughs> that was my uncle. I'm just letting you know. That was my uncle. These is Texas folk. That's how they talk. I, I ain't but about nine years old. I'm nine, ten years old, trying to ride the coat because she, she won't let me ride. And then she biting me for riding. And all he tells me is, man, you know how women are. No, I don't. I'm only nine years old. <laughs> the ox. Some oxes will kill you. Now, I'm going to give you the gospel here. Can I do that? I'm going to give you the gospel because I want you to get it. When the text says, if the ox push through a manservant or a maidservant, he shall give unto their master 30 shekels of silver. How many of y'all know your Bible? What was the price that was paid to trade Jesus in to get him killed? Stay with me now. I'm going to show you the gospel before we move on. I want you to get it now. I want you to get it. Israel under Judas Iscariot viewed Christ as no better than a dead slave. Y'all got that? Because the ox thrust him through. So the dead slave is only valued at 30 pieces of silver. Now you got that out of Zechariah chapter 11, then Matthew 26, Judas fulfills it. Judas says, what is the price that you'll give me? And they said, we'll give you 30 pieces of silver. That's all they thought about this ox. Are y'all hearing me? All they thought about him was that he was worth 30 pieces of silver. In the minds of the rulers, they called him a dead slave. 
He's not even alive anymore. In their minds, they had killed him. Are y'all hearing me? In their minds, they had killed Jesus. He was already under indictment to die. That's why he said in John chapter 8, you are going about to kill me, a man who has done nothing but told you the truth. Now I know my father's not in you. Now I know that you are of your father, the devil. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Let me give you the devil truth before we move on. The oxen that had tread out the corn that has made a way for sinners to come to God from the beginning of time through a sacrifice of blood. That sacrifice of blood is the blood that that oxen himself had to give up. The oxen that treads out prophetic truth, redemptive truth, historic truth, calling men and women from the days of Adam. Remember when Adam and Eve sinned against God? Do y'all remember that? We're getting ready to go deep into that in a couple of weeks, okay? So you can learn something right about the Genesis account concerning the fall. But what does God do when Adam and Eve rebel against God? He slays an animal. There you go, the bullock again, the shedding of the blood, and then takes the skin and clothes Adam and Eve from top to feet. Here's this ox treading out the corn who has to also die for your sin in order for you to be right with God, then he got to give up his hide in order for you to be in communion with God. Don't we love this ox? Show you another truth about this ox. Show you another truth right here in the same text. If the ox shall push through a man or maidservant, he shall give unto unto their master 30 shekels of silver, and the ox shall be stoned. What does it mean that the ox pushes through the men servant and the maid servant? It means that he in the person of Jesus Christ has given Israel the law over and over and over again. And what does the law do? The law condemns us for our sin. What does the law do? It exposes us for not being right with God. Why did they kill Jesus? Because the ox of God was thrusting through their heart with the righteousness of his law, letting all Israel know they were in rebellion against God. They had broken God's law. They had violated God's commandments. They had removed God's law and taken up the traditions of men. They hated the fact that this ox was thrusting them through every time he preached. Y'all got a revelation? They said, let's kill him. And in the same prophetic way that the lamb was slaughtered in the day of Passover and the blood was put on the doorpost for Israel to come out of Egypt, because this is where we're going. The same way that the blood was shed by that little lamb, so the blood of this ox was shed. And even though they thought they were getting rid of Christ, all they were doing was advancing God's will and making a way for God to be merciful to the very people that killed God's son, namely you and me. So point number one is, who is this one calling you to come to him? Are y'all ready? He's God Almighty. He's God Almighty. Ladies and gentlemen, will you hear this? If a man tells you to come unto him for rest, he better be God or you better reject him immediately. From the beginning of time, God has called his image bearers, you and I, to rest. Are y'all with me? Let me see if I can make good on this and keep moving. Rest is the dignified state of everyone who knows who they are in God. Rest 
is that blessed repose that every one of us who are identified with the work of God have because we are co-laborers together with him. The first time you hear about rest is in Genesis chapter 2 verse 1. And God finished all his work and rested on the seventh day. Didn't he? Rested on the seventh day from all his work which he did. And you know what he told Adam? You rest too. Six days shall a man labor and on the seventh day we do what? Why are we resting? To reflect upon and to remember all the work that God has done to bring us into this blessed state. Are y'all hearing me? So when Jesus says, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you what? This is God Almighty in the flesh calling you back to the rest that we lost in Adam. Let me make good on it in another way. After Adam and Eve fell, they lost that rest because that rest was in the Garden of Eden. In that garden, God had provided everything for them, a type of the kingdom of grace, right? God gives us everything. We get to enjoy it, but God is calling us to take care of it, right? Till it and keep it, right? We rebel and we lost the right. God kicked us out. Did he kick us out? Hit the road, Jack, and don't come back no more. Remember that? So we've been down the road for the longest. But here's how good God is. Even though we're on the road, God keeps opening doors for us to be able to rest again. In the days of Noah, in chapter 5 of uh, the book of Genesis, we discover that uh, Methuselah and Lamech, they have done the will of God and they have a son. And you know what his name is? Noah. And you know what God says? There shall be comfort in the rest and rest in the days of Noah. What was going on in those days, in the days of Noah? Men and women were living like hell. Every imagination of the heart of men was only evil continually. Is that true? They were doing whatever they want to. Genesis 5, 29, pull it up. And, and God saw that the imagination of man was so vile that he said, I've got to wipe them out. Now, do you believe the biblical account? Now, listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. He has to wipe them out because they're not operating according to the due order. When you and I are out of the will of God and we are not walking within the framework of God's purpose, there is no rest. You can make all the money in the world and there's no peace in your conscience. I'm talking to somebody today. You can make all the money in the world. And you know what amazes me about people who, who, are, who call themselves believers? They labor, they labor, they work, they work. We're getting ready to go to that in a moment. And they think by spending 50 and 60 hours a week, 70 hours a week, that they're going to find rest. Rest in some kind of economic stability. Rest in some kind of identification with their vocation. Uh, rest in the idea of maybe somebody opening a door and doing something for them by which they can prosper. Ladies and gentlemen, you will never find the rest that God is talking about by you laboring, by you working, by you scratching and clawing to get all the money you can get. The Bible is very clear. Are y'all ready? There is no rest, saith my God, for the wicked. The wicked are like the troubled sea tossed to and fro and can never find rest. Isaiah 57, 21. Are y'all hearing me? And some of y'all in the room with me, you don't know anything about the rest of God. Not in your soul, you don't. Not in your conscience, you don't. Because you are toiling to bring about a security that can only come in the soul from God. 
Well, time permits us to go no further. You have been listening to Way of Grace, the daily radio ministry of Grace Bible Church in Hayward, featuring our teacher and pastor, Pastor Jessica Stand. It is our prayer as we come to you daily on this broadcast that you're growing in grace, that you're growing in your love and adoration of Jesus Christ. That's the goal and the intent here at Way of Grace, that we might understand the amazing love of God in Christ. If you would like to obtain a copy of today's program, you've got a couple of ways you can do that. CDs are $5. Simply call or write to us and we'll send one to you. Or if you're internet savvy, simply stop by our website and you can download the audio file in MP3 version and that one's free. Grace-Bible.com is our website. That's Grace-Bible.com. And again, If you're willing to write to us or contact us by phone, if you would like the CD, simply do so at 510-886-9782. Again, that phone number is 510-886-9782. The address, if you're writing to us, is 22768 Main Street. That's here in Hayward. The zip code, 94541. And again, remember, the CD is $5, or simply stop by grace-bible.com and download the MP3 version for free. We would also invite you to join us for worship here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Sunday services are at 11 a.m., Sunday schools at 10 a.m. And don't forget, from a variety of churches and from all over the Bay Area, we have enjoyed a marvelous time of studying God's Word Friday evenings here at Grace Bible Church at 8 p.m. For the directions and the details, simply go to our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Or call 510-886-9782. Also, as the Lord leads, we're able to come to you here on KFAX in part through your financial and prayerful involvement with this ministry. Now, while it's free for you to listen to, it does incur a cost on our end, and we look to the Lord for his gracious provision. And if you'd like to participate in that, then please do get a hold of us. Any donation, no matter how big or small, is greatly appreciated here at Way of Grace. 510-886-9782 is our phone number. Thank you for spending time with us today. Until next time, God bless. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.